five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. What's up, you guys are now tuning in to Motivation Conversations with Hope Phil. Um, I know it's been a while since my last episode. I've been super busy throughout this pandemic with, you know, the ongoing changes that everybody's experiencing, as well as uh, I enrolled myself back into school. So if you haven't seen me been posting anything much like that, as far as like motivational or anything on my podcast, that's why. However, I have been working on some really dope content for these past two months. Um, I've connected with some really dope people, one being my homie, Zach. What's going on? Um, and today we're going to talk about saving and credit and just finances overall. Um, I wanted to do this episode because I feel like financial literacy is definitely a form of self-care. But it's not really taught like that. Like, I feel like when you become an adult, an adult, excuse me, that's when they start, like, you know, teaching you about these things. But I personally think it should be, like, a course in high school that everyone should take, right? I, yeah, I agree with that because it'll prepare you for the future. Exactly. Like, there's a lot of things that we need to be aware of as far as, you know, savings accounts and credit and just understanding fi- finances and money and being, you know, knowledgeable when it comes to that so you know how to operate when you have money and you use it as a tool. Yeah. So... So, yeah, so that's what this episode is going to be about. So um, take the information that you need. Do further research on anything that you like and just enjoy the conversation. So, yeah, so the first I want to talk about was for savings. Um, So we have different types of savings, right? Mm -hmm. So you could, like, save for, like, a rainy day, like an emergency fund. That's, like, a regular savings account. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can do, like, a goal savings, like, to save to get out of debt, right? Do Do you use Digit? Like, do you know the app Digit? Oh, no, never heard of it. Okay, so Digit is a, a um, online savings app, and it helps you save your money. It charges you, like, $3 a month. Um, But the whole purpose of Digit is basically it saves based on the activity and the amount, their balances in your account. Oh. So if you're someone that has high activity and you get a lot of uh, transactions and your balance is always high, they're going to save more money for you. Okay. And if you are, you know, the latter, then obviously they're going to save less money for you. I was um, speaking earlier with my homegirl, Rose, about how Digit is really good for goal saving because you can be very specific with the goals. You can put how much you want to save and when you want to save it by. So then they'll save according to your goals. So if you have, like, you want to save 5K within the next 12 months, it's going to save your money according to within the next uh, the next 12 months, you'll have your 5K in your account. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so yeah. I think for people that are looking for, like, uh, accounts, I mean, saving to like help them save out to get even to get out of debt or something like mm-hmm. that. Anything that you need to save for a goal, I think using Digit is definitely 100% good for that. Now, tell us about um, 401k accounts and Roth ROA. Maybe if you could like just kind of get people to understand like the difference between the two. Okay, yeah. So basically, 401k and Roth IRA are basically retirement plans with 401k. Uh, basically, it's your job that offers it to you. So basically, some jobs uh, help you match it. So if you put 5% down, they, they put 5% down, and they just help you out with that. And it goes towards your retirement. But Roth IRA is basically on your own. So what you do uh, is they, they got a cap of $6,000 now a year. So you just put as much as you can. You don't got to put the whole 6000 if you can't. You can put as much as you want. And it basically helps you in the long run where you can only take it out 
if I'm not mistaken, when you're 54 years old and a half, that's oh, when you're able to take it out. That's and, good. And 401k uh, is pre-tax money. So yeah. the good thing is that you're not paying tax dollars on it now. After you decide to take it out, that's when they're going to tax, tax you. you. But with the good thing about Roth IRA is that it's already tax money that you're putting into the account. So when you come to take it out, they won't tax you. Okay, so so overall, um, to to put it in simple terms, so a four hundred one k account is a savings account that you set up through your job that right. your job also matches with you. Right. Meaning whatever you put in, like if you have a three percent, they're gonna match that three percent, right? And a Roth IRA account is also through your job. However, mm-hmm. it's just your input. Your job is not putting anything to this account. Yeah, your job could help you with the Roth IRA, like to set it up with mm-hmm. your four hundred one k. But you could do it yourself without the job. Okay. Roth IRA. So you can still have a Roth IRA account without a job. doing it through your job. Correct. The only thing is that if you did set it up through your job, they're never going to match what you're putting yeah, into yeah. that account. Correct. If you want them to match it, then you would have to get a 401k, 401k. account. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah, so that just kind of gives you guys like an idea of what type of savings accounts there are. Um, I have an online savings account. Um, Marcus? Goldman yeah, sucks. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that one because it has the interest. So it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of like accrues a little bit every month just off the fact that I have a balance in there. Mm-hmm. But I also do cash savings as well. So I have like a little water cooler that I just put cash, cash in. in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to save cash too, just because cash is very quick. It's liquid. You know? yeah, exactly. So, and you don't got to go to the bank to take it out or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. You don't got to worry about like mm-hmm. fees and taxes and all that other stupid shit that they charge you when you want to go ahead and access your own. Fucking money. Yes, and the and the and the good thing about what you're doing with online banking, they give you a higher interest rate than your traditional banks, like let's say Chase or anybody like yeah. that. Not knocking them, but they only give you back like zero point zero one percent. Yeah. But other companies now, as I was checking today, some of them are giving you zero point seventy percent. Just last year, they was given two percent for all your money that you got saved. Yeah, I was gonna say that because um, I think well, obviously, you know, this pandemic changed a mm-hmm. lot of shit for a lot of people, Seriously. and interest rates were definitely something that got hit because I received an a notification from Marcus and Goldman, whatever, saying that my interest rate was gonna change yeah. and it had decreased based off, and I'm like, oh, okay, because they know that they can't afford that. Yeah. So it's just like, um, just doing your your research that is tailored for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So according to what you want to do, what your goals are, what it is that you're trying to achieve, do your research specific to that when it comes to savings, yeah. but have options. Correct. So when you try to find an online savings account, try to find what suits you the best. Right. That way, everything could fall in line perfectly for you. I have discovered she has Goldman and Zacks. So mm-hmm. everybody always is going to have something different, but I will always recommend online banking over your traditional. When it comes to savings, and why is that? Because savings is what gives you interest. Checking right. account normally don't give it to you. Some companies do. I think like Chime gives it to you and there's mm-hmm. other small companies that give you interest rate for your checkings, but they always give you more for your savings. Okay, yeah. cool. So what are just like some tips and tricks that you have when it comes to like saving your money? Like if there's like a certain percent, you know, um, something that I definitely learned from my personal um, experiences that before, like, I was the type of person that I'm like, oh, I have extra money. I'm going to put all of this extra money in my savings account. Mm-hmm. But then you oversave. And then I realized what happens when you do that is then you end up needing to go into your savings. Yeah. So it's like, 
I learned to like save what's comfortable for you. So I'm like, you know, even if it's $10, like even if you, if you can comfortably put that $10 in that account and you know that you're not going to touch it, like whatsoever, you're not going to need it, then put the $10 in your account. Of course, yeah. So yeah, because I think a lot of times people try to save too much just to have something in their savings and it ends up, you know, having to backfire on them because they now they need to go into that same savings account and pull from it. Yeah. So it's basically just like, you know, saving according to your budget and what's comfortable to you. Yeah. I would say um, basically uh, it depends on, on how much you get paid. There's a book called The Richest Man in Babylon where it says just to save 10% of your check. Mm-hmm. And basically if you were to save 10% of your check, it could average out in 40 years to like two, $300,000. $300, $300, but I always recommend saving more because you always paying everybody else but when do you really get to pay yourself you know so that's one of the the things that the book teaches you is paying yourself always and i feel like it's very important because like you said like you know you it's good to have it on a rainy day but always mm-hmm. budget yourself if you know that you can afford to save 50 percent of your check and then pay all your bills and still have some money to spend Go go for it, but at least you know that fifty percent of your check is saved. So okay. I would say you would just have to check your finance and also set goals. So if you want to save like ten thousand dollars in a year, every week put two hundred dollars. You know, after you reach the fiftieth week, you already know you got ten thousand dollars saved up just by putting two hundred. You don't got to be too frugal, but if you want to be frugal, then go for it. But just know that try to just try to save as much as you can. Yeah, I wanted to talk yeah. about that too on like being frugal and like living below your means is like something that people are talking about now a lot more is like understanding living below your means, which I feel like our generation, we ain't got that in the bag. Yeah, <laughs> like, not yet, not yet. It's, it's not that many of us that could really understand being like, you know, very frugal with your money and mm-hmm. living like a minimalist. Like yeah. it's not that many fucking people that can do There's it not from our generation. Yes. I don't think so. But it is something to just think about, you know, just to get the idea going, just to get the thought process of like, okay. And it's, I think it's more so it has to do also with like thinking long term. When yeah. you think about the bigger picture, when you think about your future, your children, what you want to leave behind, what you want to own, what you want to buy, whatever, whatever. That's when the thought of being minimalist minimalistic now kind of plays in. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, understanding like, okay, well, if I want in 10 years to be able to go buy two houses, you know, at this price and I want them to be all of this amazing things, then I know that for the next five years, I need to like not be buying this, not be buying that, stop fucking Starbucks, stop smoking, stop drinking, you know, yeah. all the things that you don't necessarily need that bring a lot, that take a lot of money from you. Or you could just manage it uh, well, where you could just say, okay, I got $100 for the month. I'm going to use this maybe once a week, treat myself. Yeah, like budgeting too. Exactly. That's something that I've been like, I I ain't going to lie to you guys because I'm honest, but like, it's hard. It is, (laughs) It's hard budgeting your money, especially like right now. Like, I'm not going to give no excuses. I'm not going to give no excuses. But it is a little bit challenging right now because, like, you know, a lot of us are, like, unemployed. Some of us are furloughed. Some of us are just completely laid off, you know. So it's it's a little bit difficult. So right now, I'm not going to say, like, make sure, you know, like, do... But start somewhere, you know. like, And then I feel like, you know, also, if anything, this pandemic should have shown you that... (laughs) <laughs> you need some savings. And like, you got to discipline yourself. Yeah, and yeah. like having an emergency fund is super fucking important. If you didn't learn anything in 2020, please just take that, right? Yeah, it's true. Like, and w- one of the best advice I've ever heard, um, it came from Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. He said, 
you should always have at least six months of your your check saved up. That way, yeah, in case I heard if something that. happens where you don't get no unemployment, you don't got no money coming in, at least you got six months worth of, yeah. you know, like uh, money that you're living on. Right. It's just to get the idea of like understanding, like we're getting to that age. Like our generation, we're nearing 30. Some of us are already pushing 30. Some of us yeah. are past 30. So, and also to be clear, um, the millennial generation is from 19... 19- 81 yeah. to 1997. I think six. Seven, yeah, 1997, yeah. So, all those talking about the 34 years old talking about I ain't no millennial. Yes, the fuck you are. <laughs> but um, anyways, I hope I did that math right. But yeah, so anyways, but it's just like, right now, like I said, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more complicated to like, really get aggressive with your savings but to just start somewhere just to get the idea out there you know get the conversation get people talking about it like thinking about it like you know now i need to be a little bit more mindful of my finances and there's so many articles there's so many things that you can read on saving and tricks and like understanding finances that it's like you just have to like go out there and get the research and yeah you just gotta self-teach yourself read books they say you know books are boring right but it got a lot of knowledge for you yeah, to no, learn books everything. Stimulate your mind. yeah exactly it's another um thing. also reading articles like she said looking right. at uh maybe some youtube video where they show you like finance stuff how to save your money there's a lot of information everywhere right. they have like now. online courses too like yeah. some schools right now are even doing like free online courses and whatever um so if you have the patience to actually sit through a course and learn something do it like yeah. you have nothing but time and opportunity that's true um i wanted to talk because when i was doing some when i was doing my own research um for this episode i came across this article um by business insider and they were talking about how like millennials majority of us don't have a savings account so i wanted to read more into it and then i wanted to like kind of like think a little bit about it. So basically what they said is as of February of 2020, 70% of millennials have a savings account. Mm-hmm. However, so that's not bad. First of all, that's not bad. 70% of us have a savings account. I think that's good. Yeah, that is good. The the kicker for me that I was like, damn, wink, is that 58% of that 70% mm-hmm. have less than 5,000 savings. Yeah, that's that's not. So it's no kind of like, damn, we're not even at a hundred percent of us, and then over half of the seventy percent don't even got five thousand dollars saved. Right. So then I started to wonder, like, why is that? You know, like, why why would it be? So I would. What I do would, you think? I, honestly, this is my own opinion. I mm-hmm. feel like since you know we got social media now, everything people are trying to like. I don't want to say they were trying to show out. But they're trying to keep up with like fashion, or yeah, they're trying it could to keep be up with, with like technology. It could be uh, with makeup. It could mm-hmm. be with anything. You're just trying to keep up with with everything that you see up online, and I feel like that sets us back a little bit because we could be getting so much more. We could be getting houses instead of you know spending all this money on something that Word. we really don't need, or at least for the moment, you know. Yeah, it's all like yeah, it's, it's like instant instant gratification. Like it's yeah. all things that just and the, and then it's like when you get it after a while, it's like it's like. Honestly, that it goes for me with like with clothes. Like sometimes I buy shit and I've never worn it, and then I'll find it like months later with a tag, and I'm like, the fuck? Like, I, you don't even remember. And then you get upset because then you're like, I just wasted the money on shit. I, I can tell you, it's like they be having good deals. That's why, like, so certain, certain stores. Yeah. Like, oh, if you buy like uh, two hundred and fifty dollars worth, we'll give you like a thirty percent discount. And you're like, oh shit, 30%. yeah, you think it's like, a deal? Yeah. I saw that, and it was like, just because something is not on, just because something is on sale, doesn't mean you have to buy it. Yeah, and I'm like, mm, we need to learn that because mm-hmm. we want to buy everything just because it's on sale. Like we we are the 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 motherfucking oh, but it was just on sale or Target it, 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 or. 
in a way, I see it too. Like, let's say, you know, even though, like, let's say I spent $200, right? Mm-hmm. And I got, let's say, I saved, you know, I saved like $50 from the 200 that I spent. Mm-hmm. I still spent $200. Exactly. I still had to spend money regardless. Exactly. And I probably will never wear it, maybe, or maybe I will. You know, it all varies. Yeah. But, so definitely, I 100% agree. I think it is that, you know, we are caught up in an aesthetic, you know, we are, we do want to keep up a certain lifestyle. We want to make sure we look a certain type of way. Some of us have habits that we don't want to kick. <clears throat> Me. But it's okay, though, no, yeah, because yeah. it's just being aware. Like, now that we're aware of the problem, now it's like, okay, now we got to do something to fix it. Because now it's like, we can't say that we know that. I, like, I cannot sit here and say, like, I know that I'm 100% capable of saving X amount of money by the end of the year and then still not do it. Because yeah, then it's course. like, I thought when you know better, you do better. Yeah, of so course. So you got to follow up. And sometimes when you don't get to hit your goal, it kind of like, I don't want to say it gets you upset, but you're kind of like a little depressed also because that was something that you was looking forward to. Right. So, and it kind of throws you off. Yeah. But um, something else, though, that I feel like this, I think some people will like this because it's more so like it's not our fault. It's like the thrownness, as some will call it, is basically like the circumstances that we were born into. One, we were like, you know, a lot of us grew up or we entered the workforce right in the Great Recession. Yeah, that's So true. that that kind of like threw us off, you know, you know, um, the inflation of the value of money obviously you know what we were what was a million dollars back then is not the same now and those are things that we don't have control over um student loan debt like tuition has literally doubled exactly yeah like no seriously it literally has has, i think it's doubled since i think the 60s or the 70s which is absurd and then and then on top of that the cost of living, especially if you here, if you're living here in New York City, it's, it's just expensive. ridiculous. Like yeah. you are paying a ridiculous amount of money, and like it's not likely that you have a lot of space. Like I think, I personally think, for you to have like a nice place with a good amount of space, you have to be like in the Bronx or like Queens or like some places. Like the Bronx in got the most spacious apartments. Too, I think so too. Crazy. So everybody that be shit on the Bronx has probably got big apartments. <laughs> But the thing also is, it's like you you get the, the the apartments here, but they trying to charge you an arm and a leg to live in the hood. And if you want to live somewhere nice, like let's say Riverdale or even Manhattan, they want right, to they charge you even more of an arm and a leg. Right. So, so I feel like because of all those things, like those things that we didn't necessarily have control over, that played a part in why it's so hard for us now to save money. Because it's like, how can I save money when I have student loan debt? I have a fucking high-ass rent. I have a regular lifestyle. I have regular bills. I have, you know, things that I need to make sure that I attend to. And then I also need to make sure I'm putting 10% of my check away. Yeah. It's impossible. Like, for some people, it's genuinely, like, impossible. impossible. And it's hard. So it's like, there are some instances where the odds are, like, stacked against us, as as some people would say. But I don't think that we should use it as a crutch. You know, like, yeah, we could be aware. Like, yeah, we entered... Um, the workforce through the Great Recession, we experienced a lot of shit. We we lived throughout, you know, a lot of crazy ass things. But at the end of the day, we're humans. And yeah. as humans, we can prevail through anything. That's very true. And if, for example, you're not able to afford certain things, I would say maybe roommate, try to find maybe a cheaper apartment, anything to Yeah, try to it's, save. it's like, it goes back to us saying, sorry to cut you no, off, but it bad. just goes back to us saying, being frugal, living below your means, yeah. you know, like doing things that you may not necessarily always want to do. Mm-hmm. But you, like I said, when you think of the bigger picture, the long term, then it's kind of like, okay, you know what, fuck it. I may not want to do this now, but I'm going to be very grateful that I did this five years from now. Yeah. And I think just shifting your mentality and your perspective to see certain things like that kind of changes how you perceive 
monetary value now. Yeah. You know? like, I don't want to do that because then it's going to fuck me up down the line. But the good thing is if you're renting, you're renting something and it's never going to be yours. Exactly. When you buy, it's yours. Obviously, you still got to pay, you know, bullshit property tax and shit like that. But it's, it's better. Yours. It's yours. Like it right. literally is yours. And you can do whatever you want. You can sell it to somebody. You can make it into something. You can give it to the family. You yeah. can literally do whatever you want because it's yours. Yeah. We need to own more things. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I think that's really it for savings. It's just very straightforward, you guys. Um. So yeah, make sure you have a savings account for an emergency fund, cash, and online. Do your research on what online savings account works for you based off of your preferences and what you like and what you need in your lifestyle. Um, also, check out Digit, you guys. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all already use it, but if you haven't, check it out. I love Digit. I use it when I want to buy something, when I want to save for a personal goal, when I need to pay off something. I just throw it in there and you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Um, and then do more research on the 401k and the Roth account. And I recommend for just to, just to save for a rainy day, have at least a 1000 to $2,000 saved up. Yeah. Take your time, but if you got to put like $50 one day and $25 another day, but try to reach at least 1000 to 2000 so you can fall on something, you know? Yeah. You never know when something can happen and you're going to need that money. Right. Yeah, and it's better to have that money than to swipe for it. And another thing I think is that when you prove to yourself that you can save $1,000, it just becomes so easy. Yeah. So, after that everything yeah. after that you're like alright so now I can save another thousand and, yeah. then, and then it's just like you become kind of addicted to the accrual of money in your account it's like they say when you get your first million it's easier to make your second exactly because so it's, it's like just, you already know the, the way basically right right so now mm, we'll talk about credit mm -hmm. so I had a lot of people was like waiting for the credit part, the credit part <laughs> because you know I feel like you know now like I said, you know, now our generation, we're becoming more... Like, we're at that age. I feel like when we were, like, 21, 22, 23, 24, we wasn't worried about fucking credit. Yeah, like, even though we should have been. <laughs> even though we should have been. Nobody but told we us credit. Yeah, exactly, because we didn't know any better. So now that we're at that age where it's like, oh, no, you need credit. It's like, oh, how do I build credit? How do I get credit? Like, how do I... So I want to give you guys, first of all, a very basic dictionary definition of the word credit score. Okay? Okay, go okay. for it. Okay. A credit score is a numerical expression that's based on the level analysis of a person's credit file, which represents the credit worthiness of an individual. Mm -hmm. So to put it in short terms, basically your score is a number that lenders refer to to check upon your worthiness when it comes to can you... Can you pay back something in a timely manner? Can you efficiently pay back? Do you pay minimum payments? This is the, that, the number that, that reflects that is what they're going to refer to when they're looking to give you a credit card, yeah. a loan, or any other thing that needs to be inquired through your credit score, right? Yeah, that's correct. So um, they get this number. So I, yeah, I got um, index cards, y'all. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they get this number. They total the number of open accounts you have, your level of debt, and then your repayment history, basically. So for those that don't know, like, what it is that is actually, you know... How they value it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those are the three things that lenders are looking at, is the number of open accounts you have. So be mindful mm -hmm. of how many credit cards that you apply for. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. The level of debt. So how much debt do you have? Mm -hmm. And then your repayment history. Because it's like, like I was talking with my homegirl, Rosa Ken, and we were saying earlier, like, when lenders look at your credit score, it's like, we, anybody can spend money. They, they can. Right. But who can pay it back in a timely manner? That's, That's what the they want to know. Exactly. It's all about loyalty. That's all it is. It's exactly. Like making sure I'm going to lend you this money. 
make sure you pay me back. Right, in a timely oh, manner. Yeah, exactly. What I say, how I say. Yeah. So, um, just so some basic things. Um, your credit score it ranges from three hundred to eight fifty. Yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. Um, so let's just talk about what are some of the basic benefits of just having a high credit score. What is considered okay? A good credit score. Good. So for I think it's like six fifty. Six eighty. Six eighty for FICO good. at least, which is the most important one. Yeah. Uh, is it's from six eighty to seven. 40, if I'm not mistaken. Then yeah. anything after 740 or 750, you're on the excellent side. Yeah. Anything below 680 is usually like, eh. Right. You know, it's kind of shaky. So, but they'll, they'll, they could approve you for certain credit cards for, for apartments and things like that if you got 650. Because you're basically right there. Right. So they say, okay, like, let's let's take a risk. Yeah. So I want to touch on something because you just um said something that I want to explain to everyone too is the difference between like your transunion and your... Experience, experience. Oh no, it's transunion, Equifax, Equifax, and Experian. Yeah, yeah so the yeah. difference between because your FICO score is through Experian. It's all three of them. It's all transunion, Equifax, and Experian, and that that's your FICO score, and also transunion like Credit Karma and mm-hmm. even Credit uh like Chase and them are using Vantage score also, but. You're trying to get a house or anything is usually like the FICO score. Okay, but so your FICO are, score is basically like uh. Portfolio yeah. of your TransUnion, Equifax, and Experience. Yeah, score. correct. Yeah, right. So, so yeah, so I think that that um people need to understand that as well because a lot of times people they'll check their credit karma score and the score would be like seven hundred and then they'll check the FICO score and the score is like six hundred two and then they're like, but why? But it's because that score is based off of. Uh, I guess like a summary of a total value of your other three credits. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, with the uh, Credit Karma, they only do it for TransUnion and for Equifax. For Experian, you could actually get it for free, like on their app. Like they give mm-hmm. you like a FICO score for free once a month only, though. Mm-hmm. And, and like Credit Karma gives it to you once a week. Um, basically, with with the with the Credit Karma though, they have their own different like measures how how they value your credit. Mm-hmm. FICO does a totally different measure. It's like the original of the credit because it was okay. the first program that was ever created for it. Do you know some of the measures that FICO uses? To- oh yeah, it's, it's the same as the the Vantage, but the thing is that FICO is a little bit more stricter. So it's just like your payment history, how many hard inquiries you got, like hard pulls, um, your how much debt you have, for example. And they should be there's like two more if I'm not mistaken. But those are the three primary ones though. Okay. And yeah. what so what would you consider like okay, you should you just said a hard inquiry. Yeah. So hard pulls, soft pulls. Mm-hmm. Okay. So hard pull is basically them doing a whole thorough background check of you, of your whole credit history. They want to see how much money you owed seven years ago if you missed on payments and all that. Seven years yeah, ago? Yeah, it takes seven years for something to come up. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy like that. But it's, it's basically responsible seven years ago. Yeah. So uh, basically, if anybody got like messed up shit from seven years ago, just wait it out. Get, get that. <laughs> just, <laughs> just wait it out. Yeah. Yeah, just, just sit it down. Try yeah. again next year. Um, okay, so can you give an example of a soft pool? Oh, soft pools would basically be like, you know, they 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 check your credit, but it doesn't affect you. They just want to check to see if you got a good credit score. So for example, a hard pull would be like if you want a home, if you want to rent an apartment, if you want to check for a business, if you want to apply for credit cards, those are like hard pulls. Soft pulls are usually like 
if you want to get like a little chain or a watch or maybe mm-hmm. a ring and case jeweler, are they going to do a softball on your account? So like when you go to like yeah. the, the furniture store. And yeah, things like that. They, they win your credit. It's a softball. Mm-hmm. Oh, and cars. For cars, it's hardcore as well. Like if you want okay. to get a vehicle, it's hardcore. So keep in mind, guys, that anything that that does a hard pull on your credit score is going to affect your credit score, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. And also, like, phone bills is part of, like, soft pull when, you, yeah. when, when they run your, your social security. So how like does that. it... So does it affect your credit score based on... So, because I'm just trying to... Because I'm, like, thinking, like, when someone is watching this, like, the mm-hmm. kind of questions that they would have mm-hmm. listening to it. So it's like, okay, so how does it affect my credit score if I have a okay... Credit. So, say for example, my credit score is six seven. Okay. And I want to have, I want to inquire about a car. Okay. And that's going to be a hard pull. Okay. How is that going to affect my credit? It's going to make it's going to make it drop. Why? Just because um you're only allowed to have two hard pulls every two years. So basically one a year. So the more hard pulls you have in your account, the lower it's going to bring your credit score. So. Okay. For example, if they if they do one, it's usually like anywhere from like from at least from my experience, anywhere mm-hmm. from like five to fourteen points will drop it. Mm-hmm. But when you're making your payments on time, it'll gradually go back up. Okay. But if you have more than two, be prepared because it's gonna drop instead of five to fourteen, it'll probably drop even more. And some certain like credit card companies like American Express and Chase, if you've got more than five hard pools in less than thirty six months, I think it is. Um, they won't approve you for no cards or anything like that. Damn. So, yeah. so you got to be mindful, right? It's yeah. just being a little bit mindful. So that goes to say, like, we shouldn't be applying for four, five, six, seven fucking credit cards in no. a year. And depending if you want, like, the better credit cards, mm-hmm. then obviously they, they got, like, different quotas, like, for you. So you got to... If they want you to have less than five credit card applications mm-hmm. for those ones that they requested, then you got to abide by that. If you got more, they're going to decline you on the spot. And your credit is just going to drop because you attempted to apply to the card knowing that you... Well, maybe not knowing, but, you know... Knowing Unqualified. That, yeah, you don't qualify, and it's just going to drop it for you. Like, you're going to get declined, and it's going to drop. So it's bad for you. So you, I will always say, yo, have less than two. But if you want to have a credit card, just do one a year. Yeah. That's how I... Like, and then also, um, briefly, just... If you're someone that doesn't have a credit card, right? If you don't, if you don't have any credit cards at all whatsoever, I definitely recommend starting off with a secure credit card. Always. I think that's like the fucking best thing you can do. And if you don't know, a secured credit card is a card that you're putting your credit on it. Yeah. So it's basically like a debit card that you're paying yourself on. So you put your credit line available. So if you want to put $400 on the card, you're going to put $400 on the card, but you have to pay yourself back. And this is just, I think they do it like that just to kind of get people to learn and get in the habit of paying something back. Correct. Yeah, right? it's just like that. And some of the, the you know, there's different people that, that, that give you secured credit cards like Capital One, Discover. I always recommend going with someone like Discover for the secured over Capital One from my own personal experience as well. Well, why I have Capital One? Well, I had Capital One as a credit secured. The reason why, um, usually, like you know, when you pay them the money up front, they say, "Oh, after a certain time, they'll return back the funds to you." Mm-hmm. You know, my experience with Capital One is that they haven't returned it. I usually I go to Reddit. I read a lot of forums, different places, especially on credit. And a lot of people also has never received the funds back. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. 
But with Discover, mm, the good yeah, thing is... Yeah, fine y'all. Yeah. With Discover, the good thing is, is whatever you put, you can put 200, 3, 4, 5. They, they got different requirements. Um, They will return your money, at least from my personal experience. They return your so money back. So they have returned your money? No, like the people I recommend to Discover. Okay. Yeah, they, they get their money back. And on top of getting their money back... So for they, your secondary experience. Yeah, for my secondary experience. <laughs> But um, they get their money back, and they also get a credit increase, which benefits them, though. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean you're going to give me my money back, and I'm going to get a credit increase. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to discover it. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been, they've been like sending me mad stuff, but I just, I don't want my credit card oh. anymore, because I don't know. No, one of the important things also that make up your credit, I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. your available credit, meaning like how much credit you have. The more credit that you have available, mm-hmm. the better it is for your credit. Because let's say if you have a credit, like in total, all your cards like $5,000. Mm-hmm. It's not really. That's really nothing. But right. if once you surpass five, like the five, six, seven, once you're like past fifteen thousand, that's mm-hmm. when it's gonna help your credit even go further more. And age of credit as well is another one. So the longer you have your credit for, the more it's it, it looks good on you and right. it's give like you for more. a long time, yeah. for, for a long amount of time. Mm-hmm. So that makes up that. Because you had for it for a longer amount, amount of time. For a longer amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Whatever. So they look at that <laughs> also. So <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. But yeah, that's very yeah. important. Right. Yeah. So your age of credit, uh, how, how long you had it, your available credit, everything. All that plays a factor on your credit as well. Right. So when you guys um when you start looking into these credit cards again, if you don't have any credit at all. I 100% recommend a secured credit card. Do research, like we said, yeah. on what works for you. Make sure you pay attention to the APR. Yes. Yes. So now, what is APR? It's annual percentage rate. Basically, right. how much interest they're going to charge you. And how do they how do they kind of like gauge interest? Like, uh, depending on how good your credit is. Everything right. is like that, whether you're going to get a home, a car, um, credit cards, whatever. So the more... Uh, the, the less your credit is, the mm-hmm. more APR they're going to charge you because right. it's a risk for them. Right, because you don't have you know, you don't have a high score, so and, they don't know your mm-hmm. your time your loyalty. I guess like yeah, we were saying earlier. exactly. But the higher your your credit score is, the more that they'll be lenient and they'll give you less interest rate on anything, whether it's a car, like a set of credit. For example, uh, with a credit card, the lowest I've seen so far has been eleven uh, percent, which. The normal rate is 24.99. So that's a, what is it like? A, that is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's like, imagine. Like, that's again, like almost half. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, and that's like the lowest I've seen is 11%. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, as long as once you graduate, like with cards and everything, everybody got different interest rates. So, yeah. But it's just understanding, again, mm-hmm. interest rates and that your interest rate definitely affects your credit score. Um, and my personal experience, I knew that I didn't understand. Like I learned this just like going going through the process, I guess. Um, I had um paid off one of my credit cards, like I had completed the balance, but I paid it like right out of my statement date. Mm-hmm. Like I think like my statement date was like it just passed yeah. and I had paid it after. So because I paid uh, the the remaining balance after the statement date, and this is also goes into understanding the difference between your statement date. And your due date. Was it past the due date? It was no, the due date was good. It was the statement balance date oh, okay, okay, that yeah. I that I had um paid it after. So they charged me like interest for like the interest was like four dollars, but mm-hmm. I was just confused. Like 
I was like, wait, I just paid off this whole credit card. How the hell do I have a $4 balance? And then when, when I called and I spoke to her and she explained to me, like, no, you paid it off by the due date, mm-hmm. but your statement balance date closed like two, three days prior to you paying yeah, this exactly, off. Yeah. So when we monitor, when we look at your statement balance on that date, we're looking at whatever information is reflecting on that Date. Date, yeah. So if you put in a payment two days later, it doesn't matter because doesn't. what's going to reflect is the information that was perceived on that date. Yeah. So understanding is that, you know, we have um, due dates, obviously, mm-hmm. is the date that your your balance is due on your credit. Um, and then your statement date, yeah. which is, you know, your your credit every 30 days, right? The statement, statement is it, it, every 30 days. Yeah, your yeah, statement is it's the little bill that you get every month from your, from your credit, right. from your credit card, basically, from your company's. It's the, like, let's say if your due date is the the first of the month, right? Exactly on the first. Then the statement is going to finish seven days later. So, like mm-hmm. how Ash was saying, if you pay two or three days after that, they're going to charge you the interest because you still owe that money two or mm-hmm. three days prior. Exactly. Yeah. So, understanding the difference between your statement okay. date and, and your due date. I always say, though, pay everything on the due date, though. Yeah, never for take, sure. Yeah, never even take, pay before you do date. Yeah, if exactly. You honestly, can and another thing because somebody had um wrote to me and they asked me about this and I was like, oh, it depends. Minimum. Oh, minimum. Payments. Yeah, never do. I, well, you can do it. If, if, I was I was gonna say never, but yeah. then it's like depending on your situation. You, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you know, like if you know that you need to put something on that credit card, mm-hmm. but you can't put too much, put something because you don't want to miss a payment on your credit card. That hurts your credit score so fast yes. and so bad. Like, you don't want to miss a payment because what's it going to look like to lenders is that, okay, now you're being irresponsible. Now you're, you're dealing with our money and then you're not paying it back when you're supposed to. Okay. Now we can't trust you. Well, we really know we can't trust the government. But anyways, <laughs> um, but that's really what it is. So it's like, I've learned, like, that shit, that shit hits your credit score so fast. Yeah, it don't make don't no play, sense. They like, don't play with that. damn, I just missed about like two, three days, but no. So yes, don't put a minimum payment if you can afford. afford. Yeah, it. I recommend. Right. I, I always recommend putting double to quadruple the amount that you owe. Uh, if obviously if quadruple, yeah, four times. You would if it's twenty five, you could put a hundred. We millennials, bro. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, you know, put four times. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, saying quadruple and saying put them four. You're four times the amount. Saying the same thing. I know. <laughs> he said maybe I just say the number and yeah. not the word. Like, so if you owe, if you owe twenty five, just put a hundred. You know, in simple terms. You mean the other way around? If you owe a hundred, just put twenty five. No, no, we're talking about minimum payments. Yeah, so if you owe twenty five dollars, why would I put a hundred dollars? No, no, no. If your minimum payment is twenty five dollars, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I will put four. Me, I will put four to maybe five, six times the amount, just because I want to be done with the debt as fast as possible. Okay, so again, it goes according to what you like. What what you what is the word I'm looking for? Prefer, right? So it's basically literally what you prefer, you guys. So. Again, what we say, all this information, this is just to get you guys thinking about it, to get you guys um, just having uh, a better understanding of your finances, of savings, credit, et cetera, et cetera. And then also, please do further research. Yes. We are not responsible for what happens with your finances. Yeah, after. that's very true. And also, so, I would recommend searching up on your own time something called the snowball method. And it's, yes. it's basically, I don't want to go too much into details, but it's basically paying off one debt 
like let's say you got multiple debts, you pay off one debt completely while putting the minimum of minimum on the other ones. But that same amount that you were putting on the first one, you put it on the second one and so on and so forth. You try to pay it off as quick as you can. So what do you mean by the same amount you put on the first one, you put so, on the second one? Let's say if you want to spend $400 in total, right, uh, on your debts mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. So let's say one debt is like 500 Let's say they're all like $500, right? Each one. So you got about $2,000. So each of them got a minimum payment of $25, which is mm-hmm. $100. But mm-hmm. you got $400 to spend. What you do is you pay off the the, the first, the other three, mm-hmm. the minimum, the $25, and then the rest of the money, which would be like, what, $325 left, mm-hmm. you put it all towards one. Okay. And then... Once you're once you're done with the first one, you do the same thing with the second one. Now you could put a little bit more. Now you could put three fifty instead of uh, three twenty five because you already not. You already one. paid one. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's the snowball method where you just focus on one while you pay the minimum on the other ones mm-hmm. and just try to pay it off as fast as you can. Right. Yes. Uh, so how often like does your credit your credit score change? It can change depending on how your statements are. It can change every week, every month, uh, but usually like every week to month. They can change every week to a month. Yeah, every and week that's to a based month. off of your statement, your, your payment history. Yeah, I will yeah. always recommend having um, under nine percent. You know, ten or or down. Uh, anything above it is usually like okay when it's under thirty, but anything above thirty is going to drastically hit your credit hard. Right. Oh, yeah. That's something else, too, is that you're only supposed to use 30% of your credit cards. Yeah. Your balances it's, also. So be mindful of that. Yeah, right? definitely. So basically, whatever. So say you have $11,000 in, in uh, credit card availability, then you should only be using 30% of that. You're always under 30. Yes. I always say under 10, but under 30. Under 30 to, is To be on the safe true. side. Exactly. And yeah. then also just get in the habit of like, once you put a charge, just get in the habit of just putting a payment on it. If you if you're like in the habit of like charge payment, charge payment, then you'll be able to consistently handle your credit score efficiently. Yeah. Or effectively. And there's and there's things that people do, certain cards give you certain perks, like you know, like benefits where, you know, like for example Yeah, you get like cashback. Yeah, like cashbacks. Like so some people will use the cash I mean some people will use their credit cards like if they could do it like in the month like yeah. on Amazon or something. Right. They and give them back five the percent. They get the cash back. But they'll pay the bill right there. On yeah, the spot. I've done that. I've yeah. done that too. I've I forgot what it was that I used the payment for, but I was able to like get a huge cash back payment on my credit card. So I was like, fuck, I'm just use it for the credit card payment. That yeah. it just makes sense. So then it's like it's kind of in a way like free money. It is, yeah, yeah, because it's like you're you not really actually right. So right. um um to close it out, basically, what are collections too? Like just to give people an idea of like what happens when. Your debt goes into collections. You never want to go into collections. Why? Because that's when the collectors start calling for their money. What the collectors do is buy your debt for super cheap, mm-hmm. and then try to and then try to make you pay the whole debt again. But they which is crazy. Yeah, they buy it for cheap because, like, let's say if you owe like a Sprint bill for like a year, that mm-hmm. they sell it off when they can't get their money. Right. You know, they get whatever they can, mm-hmm. pennies on the dollar. Collectors, um, what they do is buy it. Them call you and harass you all the time, but they affect your credit because they start putting it on, on, on your credit report that you owe them this money. And if you don't pay them, what they do is sell it to somebody else. And what they do, they report it to your credit. Now you got two, two basically two charges on your card showing that you got missed payments. 
And then if they if you don't pay them, then the next collector is gonna get it. And then at this point, just it's just domino effect. Yeah, exactly. It's just gonna fuck up your credit big time. So how do you avoid collections? Pay, pay your fucking credit. Pay your fucking bills, <laughs> y'all. Pay your bills, if y'all. You, if you use it, you, you just pay for it. If, right. you, if you if you like like that's how I see it. It's like if you got a credit card, use it. But just know that you got the money to pay for it right. back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, get in the habit of charge, pay, charge, pay. That's what I had to tell myself is like, you know, get in that habit of when I put a charge in my credit card, it's like, all right, now I know I need to put a payment. I can't put another charge in that card until I put another payment. And most t- most of the times, it's not a minimum payment. Mm-hmm. So it works out. So that's what keeps my credit score going up, 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 up too. And also not missing payments, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, not missing. And if for a single month that you don't got it, this is why I say um, cashback is so good because they give you money back on, on your cards, obviously. And the good thing about it is that you could pay your own, like whatever you owe with that same money. Yeah, that's what made. I said that I did. Yeah, yeah. So that's I used my, thing, yeah, bro. and I, I just used it as a payment. Yeah, on my you credit can definitely. Card. Yeah, so it's just understanding and finding the loopholes and finances. There's always something that can mm-hmm. be done. Also, I don't know if you guys know, but like, I think if you like, if you're unable to like pay your credit card or something, you can call your bank and see if they can like extend you. It depends, honestly, like on your loyalty, your history. Yeah. But it is an option just to know that you have. It. Um, as well as if you need a credit card increase, like you know, if you're doing really good on your credit, you can also request an increase. And if you're doing really bad and you can't afford the, the limit that you have, you can request a decrease. So yeah. it's like there's so many options when it comes to our finances. We just have to learn what it is that works for us and then apply it. Yeah, and a quick FYI: um, if you guys ask for a credit increase, they're gonna do a hard pull on your account too. So sometimes it's better off just waiting until they give it to you because they be giving it. They they want you to spend more money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I my my Capital One, I never asked for an increase. They just mm-hmm. kept giving, giving it to you, and now I'm like take it back because the more you give me, the more I spend. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what like, they want yeah, you to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah they so. want you to spend more money. Right. But the more the more credit, you know, the more credit that you got available, the better for you though too. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's just really I think just. Like I said, understanding and furthering your knowledge when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to do an episode on this because, like I said in the beginning, financial literacy is a form of self-care. And understanding money and how it works is very, very, very beneficial for us. Something that I want to share with you guys that somebody told me that I never forgot is that money has no owner. And mm-hmm. when you act greedy with money, you keep money from you. And you have to give. You have to give, 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 give. Give your money and your money will always come back to you. The best way, I learned this from someone as well. Money is a currency. What does, like, for example, a current do, like a wave current? It Mm -hmm. goes up and down, just like the stock, up and down. Mm -hmm. It it needs a flow. It needs to go somewhere. Because if you got money still, it's it's no good money. But, like, like, for example, if you got it in your savings account Mm -hmm. online or whatever, it's being used. What the bank do is take your money, uh-huh. but they're paying you for your services. Right. So you still, you know, you got something, you know, it's still... Paying you through the interest rate. Exactly. It's still, but guess what? They, they're using it. You just don't know it. Exactly. But, but it's still, it goes, yeah. back. It goes up little saying. by little. Money has no owner. Like, money yeah. is just constantly in some type of flow. So Seriously. I hope that with this episode, I really hope that you guys learned something new. I hope that you guys enjoyed the conversation. 